Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Promise Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at mypromisechurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. I um I love I love this time of dedication. Uh, to the Lord, we always take the first 21 days, not maybe literally the first 21 days. This year we started on the 8th, I think, because New Year's Day was the first. And I didn't think anybody wanted to start on New Year's Day. <laughs> but I'm glad to see you guys, and I'm glad to see such a hunger in the house. I, uh, and uh, there's a hunger in the house because there's something powerful, the Bible teaches this when we fast, that... We're taking our natural hunger and transferring it to a spiritual hunger. Because what we're doing is we're saying, Lord, I'm not hungry for things of this world. I'm hungry for things from heaven. And we're saying, heaven, come to earth. As your will is in heaven, let it be done here. And so there's there's a hunger. Uh, the nine o'clock was full, and I, I thought... Maybe the 11 o'clock people are my people because when I got in my truck this morning, it said 33. I would have said, Lord, you're the God of the nine. You're the God of the 11. And I'll see you at the 11, Lord Jesus. So y'all are my people because it was cold this morning. But man, the nine o'clock was on fire and I love them. I love them too. So... See, the 11's not on YouTube, so I'm a little more comfortable, you know, it's, it's family. Uh, but I want to say, um, if, if you're with us last week, you jumped in on these 21 days of dedication to the Lord, we always say, uh, you know, f- make your vow to the Lord, whatever it is. Um, we got a lot of ways to do that. And I, I, there was fasting packets, or t- these 21 days of prayer and fasting packets, until this hour is our theme. And they had packets they were handing out last week, and I think this week it's kind of at the table back there. So I encourage you, if you didn't have one, go grab one of everything back there. Um, we've got our guide, which is our devotional. There's a devotional uh, written by the ministry here for every single day of what God is doing in your life on day one. Day one, it's, we're starting out. Day seven, we're, uh, we need a little energy. Day 14, maybe you're feeling a closer you know, voice of the Lord. It's time to listen. You're closer to the Lord. And so each day will kind of lead you through that. I, I want to ask, can I get one of my, maybe my dream teamers, I see Julian, I see Laron and Steven in the back. Maybe just, if anybody needs or wants one of those fasting guides, maybe raise their hand. I'll have one of our dream teamers come by you. Um, I'd like to get one of those in your hands. We've also got, we've also got 21-day life groups. We're calling them pop-up groups for these 21 days. You can scan that QR code and join one. I am leading one of them where we're reading a fasting book from Jensen Franklin, and we're doing two Zoom hangouts at the lunch hour, Tuesdays and Thursdays, reading about a chapter a day, and it's been really life-changing for a lot of people. That book is awesome. I've got a 21-day New Testament Bible reading challenge. There's a group that's encouraging each other to get through the New Testament in 21 days. There's a group that's extending it out to 40 days, and they're going to go through the whole Bible. And then, of course, we have our morning prayer, Monday through Saturday. It's 6 a.m. on Friday. It's five-minute worship set. It's somebody from our Promise family bringing a 10-minute devotion. We have 10 minutes of private prayer and then five minutes of public prayer. We get you out at right at 6.30, I promise, because I know you got I-4 to contend with, jobs, offices, Zoom calls, kids, and all of the above. How many said amen? So we get you right out at 6.30. If you can't make those, though, we do the same thing on Zoom at 6 o'clock at night. And you can find out about all of that with scanning that QR code or going to mypromisechurch.com. And there's a big ticker on the top that says 21 days. Love to get you plugged in to one of those. That's my commercial. If you would, stand with me. I want to go to the Word. If you're able to stand, stand with me. I want to go to the Word. I want to just read this verse, even though I'm not preaching on Cornelius as I did last week. But this is where this phrase is found. It's called, until this hour. Carlins, can I see Acts 10? And uh, 31 there. Cornelius, um, actually back up one if that's 31. There we go. And so Cornelius is on a fast. Now I don't, it tells us it was the, um, 
It tells us it was the ninth hour of the day, which is 3 p.m. Now, we don't know what days he was fasting, but it spanned four days. So in my mind, maybe he started Monday and he closed Friday. That would span four days. And he thought, I'm going to come home Friday. I'm going to fast all week and maybe grab the kids, go to Applebee's or something like that, go out for pizza. It's Friday, Friday afternoon, Friday night. Comes home, it's 3 o'clock. His fast is over. Maybe he's opening the cupboard. And I know I'm not supposed to talk about fat food on the fast, but he's opening the cupboard and looking for his favorite stuff. And as soon as his fast breaks, he says, as soon as his fast breaks, there's a knock on the door. He says, he's retelling the story to, to Peter. He says, four days ago, I was fasting. Everybody say it with me now. Until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard. I want to I just get that in our spirit over these 21 days that when you fast and when you pray, it actually said his offering was going up and, and it was getting the attention of God. His prayers were going up, getting the attention of God. His sacrifice of fasting was going up and getting the attention of God. And he had said in his mind a vow to pray and fast until the, third, uh, the, the, the ninth hour of the fourth day. And a knock comes on the door. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't believe in coincidences. I thought I was the only one there. Marie said she believed in faith. All right, faith. All right, Marie, I'm going to partner with you right here. I'm going to say it one more time for the people of God. I don't believe in coincidences. The Bible, well, I guess I just got to stop there. There's a proverb that says even the dice does not roll without God overseeing it. And so I don't think it's a coincidence that an angel knocked on his door the hour he finished his fast and said, hey, Cornelius, I just want to know, want you to know your prayer has been heard. How many want to just get down in their spirit today? I'm going to pray and fast until this hour. We're going to have a great miracle service on the 29th. I'm praying and fast until then. Now let me get to my actual text here. It's in Genesis 32, and I'm going to... My iPad says my face is too far away. And I didn't remember my code, so that's a good thing. It says Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the daybreak. And when he did not, well, let me stop there. Jacob was alone, and a man wrestled with him until somebody got it. He realized day is going to break. And I'm wrestling until daybreak. Can I tell somebody, light, no matter how long that night is, light's going to break through. <laughs> Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So he said, I'm going to wrestle until the daybreak. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint, and he wrestled with him, and he said, let me go for the day breaks, but he said, I will not let you go I wonder if somebody get that spirit of Jacob down deep in their heart today and just say, I'm not letting go until you bless me, until my prayer is heard. I'm going to try this side. I'm not letting go until I get out of this hell I've been in, this problem over me, this storm cloud. I'm not letting go until you bless Woo. So the angel of God said, what is your name? He said, Jacob. He said, your name shall be no longer called Jacob, but Israel. You've struggled with God and with men, and you have prevailed. Now Jacob asks this angel of God, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask me my name? Notice that's a capital M there. Oh, the font on that thing's goofy. Bible is capital M. And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the place Peniel. He says, I just saw God face to face, and my life was spared. Turn to somebody and say, until you bless me. Now say, you can't bless me, but God can bless me. Well, maybe you can bless me, and if you can bless me, bless me. Turn to your second favorite neighbor and say, until you bless me, 
can be seated. God bless you. Thank you to the band. Thank you, guys. I love that Jacob was in a night fight. How many have ever been in a night fight? Can't get to sleep? Can't turn your mind off? I guess nobody's with me today. How many cried themselves to sleep? How many wake up with worry? How many take a NyQuil to fall asleep? Sleeping pill to fall asleep? Lullaby to fall asleep? Jacob was in a night fight. But daylight was coming. He said, I'm wrestling and I won't let you go until you bless me. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 we saw last week tells us there's a time for everything. I want to tell God's people there's a time to fight. (laughs) And there's a time to walk away. Jesus said there's a time to turn your cheek. But I don't know about after they slapped me on both cheeks. He didn't say nothing about that. I done turned my cheek the first time. You all remember Jesus turned in some tables over. Throwing some money changers out of the temple. There's a time to fight. There's an hour to begin this thing. There's an hour to end this thing. Genesis 8.22 tells us that God is a God of seed, time, and harvest. And that verse said, this will never end as long as the earth remains. I want to remind you that God has given you a new year. David said a blessed man sees 70 of them. But the Bible also tells us none of us are promised tomorrow. We're in a blessing today because we have an opportunity to plant some seeds in these 21 days. Spiritual seeds of prayer, spiritual seeds of faith that I believe you will see a harvest in March. In June, in August, somebody will be on December 31st looking back saying, look what the Lord has done. I prayed for this in January. I'm holding it in my hand on New Year's Eve. I've got to give God a praise. We've already had people bring in praise reports. And one fella told me he'd gotten two blessings on his job this, already this year and, and, and financial blessings. I told him, you got any space on that card for me? <laughs> That card's dripping in olive oil or something. I mean, just, whoo. Like, let me write on the back of that thing. If you don't know, we have prayer cards on the back where we just make that vow to the Lord. We say, I'm fasting this. I'm praying this way. I'm doing this. And this is what I'm believing God for. You know, God put it on Daniel's heart to pray and to fast for 21 days. And at the end of that 21 days, God's angel, Michael, prevailed over the principality that had Babylon in an evil stronghold. Matthew chapter 4 tells us that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit after his baptism into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for three times over 40 days. And as he resisted that third temptation saying, it is written, the angels rushed in to minister and to anoint Jesus for his earthly ministry. Elijah was under a juniper tree with suicidal thoughts. The angel led him on a 40-day fast. And even though he prayed, God, take my life under the shadow of this juniper tree, he did not leave the earth under the shadow of a juniper tree. He left the earth in a chariot of fire. The entire nation of Nineveh was under God's judgment and destruction. They went on a three-day fast. And at the end of those three days, God released that judgment because they had repented, brought revival and salvation to that country. Esther led the women of God for three, and they were fast for three days because they were under, uh, under uh, destruction uh, of, of being killed and God released them from that on the third day. And how many know it was at midnight when Paul and Silas began to praise God and the prison doors were open? Here's what I'm trying to say. I want to tell you for every storm, there's a moment when the sun breaks through the cloud. For every storm, there's a moment when that cloud runs out of rain. For every night, there's a moment when the sun cracks the sky and light breaks into the night and ends the darkness. Jacob was in a night fight, but I think all night he was fighting, saying in some moment here, light is going to break into my night. I want to tell somebody today, their weeping may endure for a night. 
Hosea told us that Jacob was weeping as he was wrestling. You might be weeping right now, but I've come to tell God's people, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Light is breaking into your night. God has heard your prayer. God has seen your sacrifice. Come on, somebody ought to receive that in faith today and say, this is my hour, this is my year, this is my blessing, this is my prayer, this is my healing, this is my miracle. God, don't pass me. Jesus, don't pass me by. Somebody ought to give God a praise right there. Don't pass me by. Now, I'll be honest with you, I'm not much of a fighter. I was a skinny kid growing up. My arms are still pretty skinny. So I don't know a whole lot about fighting and wrestling, but I'm going to try today. Can you help me? The first thing I know about wrestling is it's all about leverage. It's all about position. I know that a smaller, weaker guy can flip a bigger guy if he gets in the right position of leverage to tip him. He uses his weight against him. Jacob was a wrestler not only on that night on the mountain, but Jacob was a wrestler for a long time. In this text, we hear Jacob saying, I will not let you go until you bless me. That's a confident wrestler. I've got you in a headlock, and I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I heard in the news recently there was a guy that was working the desk at a hotel, Kevin. Somebody come in to rob him. They didn't realize this guy was a UFC fighter. That's a bad day when you come to rob a UFC fighter. You know, this was his his night job, whatever. He comes in to rob the guy, pulls a gun on him. He grabs his arm, breaks it, pulls him over the counter, pulls his phone out of his pocket, calls 911 with the guy's arm broke in in his arm. I feel like Jacob was saying, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. But you have to understand the blessing he's wrestling for, you have to go back a generation. Because it was his father, Isaac, that was holding the birthright blessing. And so you look at Isaac and Rebekah and you say, how did they get the blessing? And so you go back another generation and you see that Isaac's father was Abraham. And you say, how did Abraham get the blessing? And you see that Abraham made a covenant with God. And God said, Abraham, if you leave your father's house, if you leave your father's property, I will give you a blessed land that all of your descendants will inherit. It's a promised land that they can have forever. And Abraham follows in that covenant. God said, Abraham, if you leave your father's idols and stop worshiping them and worship me only, only me shall you serve, then I will put such a blessing on you that I will bless those that bless you and I'll curse those that curse you. I'll have your back for anybody that has anything out against you. And I'll bless you so much that people that touch you are blessed. And although it was the Abrahamic blessing, it was passed down to Isaac. And now it becomes entrenched in the family. It's inherent in the family because this was the blessing that Jacob was wrestling for. And although it was a blessing of wealth, that's not all it was. And although it was a blessing of divine protection, you got to know that's not all that it was. It was a spiritual blessing. Because the prophecy was that the Messiah would come from heaven to earth through this family. And so Jacob understood that if the Messiah is coming through my lineage, my children's 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 children, then that means my children are going to be saved. Joseph's going to be saved. My children's children are going to be saved. Ephraim and Manasseh are going to be saved. My children's children's children are going to be saved because the Messiah is coming through the lineage of this family. And it was a family that with each generation was leading the world closer to Calvary. And every woman from the line of Seth on down was hoping that they would be the woman that would birth the Savior and salvation into this world. Because going all the way back to Genesis, the prophecy was that the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent. And then over here in Galatians 4 and 4, it said, when the fullness of time has come. Christ would be born of a woman. So Jacob understood this isn't just a blessing of favor. This isn't just a blessing of wealth. 
This isn't just a blessing of financial protection and physical protection, but this is a spiritual blessing that's going to be on my household for generation and generation and generation. I wonder if anybody wants the blessing of Abraham on their home that says my children are going to be saved, my children's children are going to be saved, I'm going to be blessed Oh, come on. Somebody ought to help me. I'm blessed going in, blessed coming out. Everything my hand touches is blessed. I'm provided for. I'm protected because God's hand is on me. I want the spiritual birthright. I want the blessing. of Somebody ought to give God a praise right there. I want the blessing of Abraham on my home. You, you got to know that Jacob was always a wrestler. He understood position and leverage. We see in this text that he was wrestling with the angel of God, but it didn't start there. It went all the way back to his birth. Jacob's desire for blessing didn't start that night on the mountain, but actually, believe it or not, in the womb. Anybody know their Bible? Because I know that sounds crazy. But here it is in Genesis 25. It says that Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. He had faith to pray for his wife to have a baby because his mother was barren as well. And the Lord heard his prayer and his wife, Rebecca, became pregnant. The babies jostled inside uh, within her and she said, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb and two peoples from within you will be separated Watch it now. He says, one people will be stronger than the other. One's going to know how to fight. And the older will serve the younger. Now, ladies, could you imagine having twin boys in your stomach and they're already fighting <laughs> before they even been born? I guess I don't have no mother. Maybe my family, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, boys, you all are fighting and I ain't even got out of bed. These boys were fighting because they ain't even got out of the womb. You sit with me? I guess no parents want to be real in here. I got two boys, eight, well, I got three now, but we had two boys 18 months apart. We know what sibling rivalry is, but this poor mama knew what sibling rivalry was before they were even breathing air. And God, so much so that she it's on her prayer card. Like, this wasn't just like a little, oh, okay, I'll take a Tums or something. I don't know what women take for that. Oh, I don't, I'm just, my stomach. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what kind of medicine women take with that, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like this was such a big deal. She's taking it to God. And the answer from the Spirit of the Lord is two nations are inside your belly. One's going to stay in the family. One's going to exit the lineage. That's, that's what he was saying. And he said, the older shall serve the younger. The spirit of the Lord prophesies to mama that the blessing is going to be on the younger. Verse 24, when the time came for her to give birth, there were two twin boys. There were twin boys in her womb. The first come out red. His whole body was like a hairy garment. So they called him Esau. His dad names him Esau because he was, he was red. He, was, he already was full of hair. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping onto Esau's heel. So his father names him Jacob. His father puts a name on him that he would live up to. His father called him Jacob, which means deceiver, trickster, supplanter. How many know that's what Jacob lived up to for a lot of years of his life? He was feisty. He was a wrestler. He was going after the right to be the firstborn. Even at the moment of birth, he was snatching at his brother's heel. So his father Isaac calls him Jacob. Now we see this tension here because Isaac would in, have intended to bless his oldest son. He put, uh, he put a name on Esau that wasn't a negative name. Uh, he, he put a name on Jacob that wasn't so flowery. But he wanted to bless his oldest son. That was the custom of the day. But yet the Spirit of God, his heavenly Father, says, no, 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 no. The blessing's going to be on the younger. I wonder if anybody here has been blessed when you weren't in position for the blessing. Have you ever been blessed when you weren't in line for the blessing? God's a God of mercy and grace. 
And I don't know about you, but there's blessings in my life that I didn't deserve to have. There's mercy in my life that I didn't deserve to have. I wonder if anybody's been blessed when it didn't look like it was going to be for you. Anybody been blessed when you weren't the favorite? Anybody been blessed when you weren't the lead in the thing? Anybody been blessed when you didn't go to the right school? You didn't have the right last name? You weren't from the right side of the tracks? You weren't from the right neighborhood? But all of a sudden, even though the odds were stacked against you, God said, that's my man. God said, that's my woman. I don't care who else, but my favor is on them. I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where I woke up and I said, I can't tell you all the good things God's done, but he brought me from way back there and now I'm here and I got to give God the praise and I can't tell it all but God's done so church is too cute today God's done so much for me I cannot tell it all I didn't deserve it all but God did it all somebody give God a praise right there and what I, what I thought about that was Isaac said the blessing's going to be on Esau But God said the blessings on Jacob. I don't care what the doctor said. I care what God said. I don't care what your boss said. I care what God said. Because your boss doesn't have the ability to bless you like he does. Now he can bless you. But it's through him. Bible said he owns the cattle on a thousand hills anyways. So I'm not looking to I'm not looking to Isaac to bless me. I'm not looking to Esau to bless me. Jacob got in position from under heaven. Somebody's trying to get a blessing from their boss when you should be getting a blessing looking for the blessing from God. Because it flows down from him. So I'm getting in position to receive from heaven. Not to receive from earth. I'm not looking to the economy to bless me. I'm looking to my heavenly father to bless me. I'm not looking for your hand to bless me. I'm looking for his hand to bless me. Because even if you... if. I might have a red light here, but there's a green light there. I might have a no from you, but there's a yes from here. I've got a yes and a green light from heaven. I've got position to be blessed. Somebody ought to get that in their spirit right now. I don't care what he said. I care what God said. Well, I messed my cord up here, so give me a second. Is that all right? Turn to your neighbor and say, God bless you. Tell your neighbor, I don't know what you're doing in the new year, but you just look good. (laughs) Say, he looks crazy right now doing this. Okay. You know, the fight that began in the womb, it resumes years later. It's in Genesis 25, 29. It says that Jacob was cooking some stew and Esau came in from open country famished. Everybody say he was hungry. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you hungry? Don't answer that. He said to Jacob, he said, make me some red stew. I'm famished. And then he says, Jacob replies, first, sell me your birthright. Esau says, look, I'm about to die. What good is the birthright to me? Jacob recognized he's weak in the flesh. I'm going to take his spiritual blessing. Do you know the enemy of your soul knows when you are weak and wants to take your spiritual blessing? And how many people have traded their spiritual blessing for a moment of weakness in the flesh? I'll just leave that right there. And he, Esau says, look, I'm about to die. What good is the spiritual blessing? I'll tell you, the spiritual blessing's even more important if you're about to die. That's when you need to get right with God. The thief on the cross knew that. And Jacob says, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew, and he ate and he drank, and then he got up and he left. Esau despised 
his birthright. Here's what I know. Jacob had a desire for the spiritual and eternal blessing. Esau was focused on the physical and the temporary. The Bible tells us later in Malachi that God hated Esau for forsaking this blessing. And that is really what we are doing on this fast is what Jacob did. We are sacrificing this temporary blessing for a spiritual blessing. Jacob, understand this, Jacob had every right to eat the dinner that he had just made. Is that right? He just ordered the pizza. He could eat it. He just made the the bean stew. He could eat it. But he says, in this moment, I'm sacrificing it for a spiritual blessing. And on this fast, you are sacrificing 21 days. There's folks here every morning at 6 a.m. They're sacrificing a warm bed and an extra hour of sleep. Some folks are on a fast. They're sacrificing pleasurable food. Daniel said, I could have ate the meat and the sweets from the king's table, but I ate no pleasurable thing for 21 days. On this fast, you are getting God's attention by sacrificing, saying, God, I am hungrier for the spiritual blessing. I am hungrier for the spiritual thing. I am hungrier for your anointing. I'm hungrier for your healing. I'm hungrier for salvation on my children than I am a momentary pleasure. So I push this aside to receive the spiritual blessing. You know, Jesus said something profound in the garden when the three disciples kept falling asleep. He said, can you not stay up and pray with me for an hour? He said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know, the enemy knows when you're weak, and he comes in to take what God has given you. Esau lost it, but Jacob got it. And I want to tell you, sometimes there's blessings that God has for you that saw do too, Maria. There are times where God has a blessing for you that somebody else is holding. He's just waiting on you to ask for it. James chapter 4 said, you have not because you ask not. God has a blessing that somebody else is holding. He's just waiting on you to ask for it. God said to Moses this way. He said, you're on the brink of the promised land. I want to give you houses you didn't build. I want to give you houses somebody else is living in right now. Somebody wants it. I want to give you a farm you didn't till. I want to give you a vineyard you didn't plant. I want to give you a city you didn't build. But you've got to go in and fight the inhabitants of the land for it. God says, I've got something for you, but you got to ask for it. I've got something for you, but you got to fight for it. I wonder if anybody on these 21 days just gets hungry and says, God, I'm hungry. I'm asking. I'm seeking. I'm knocking. I'm fighting. I'm wrestling. I'm grappling. I'm weeping. I'm pushing. I'm searching. I'm seeking for everything. Come on, somebody ought to give God a praise right there that you have for me. Come on, if you believe that, somebody ought to give God a praise right there. i just tell you, you might look at it right now, and that's why I told you last week, write something big on your faith card, because I want there to be something bigger on that faith card than a candy bar. When you're hungry for the candy bar, you say, I want my children saved more than I want that candy bar. I want that financial blessing more than I want that candy bar. I want the healing more than I want that candy bar. And you might look at a doctor's report right now and say there's no way. But I want to tell you God has the ability to reverse the order. You weren't burned first, doesn't matter. God can reverse the order. You feel like the tail, God can make the tail the head. I feel like I remember he said, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. He, he told a story about taking somebody from the foot of the table to the head of the table. God can reverse the order. The, the doctor said this, God said that. My boss said this, God said that. People in my position don't get blessed, God said that. I'm bound. God says you're delivered. I've got a past. God said you're free. I've got sin. God said you're forgiven. God has the ability to reverse it. I'm behind right now. God can restore the years. 
that the enemy took. God can restore the years. God can restore the blessing. God can restore your health. God can do it because God can reverse the order. I was born second. You get the birthright. I was second one out. Doesn't matter. You're my man. God has the ability to redirect. That's why I want to be in line with him. Jacob understood position matters. Get under an open heaven. Get under an open heaven. Second thing I got to say is that he wrestled with the inner man. Genesis 32, 27, he said to him, what is your name? God is asking Jacob, who are you? It's an identity crisis. Am I the firstborn or the second? Am I the firstborn or am I the secondborn? Am I the heir or not? And And at the end of this thing, God says to him, you've wrestled with God and with man. And so what I want to say secondly here is oftentimes your battle is not external. It's internal. It's not that you have an enemy. It's that you have an inner me. Am I the only one? (laughs) Vanessa said, repeat that. It's not that you have an enemy. It's that you have an inner me. And so God says, you've prevailed with, you've wrestled God and man, and you prevailed. He says that at the end of the thing, but he had to wrestle with his inner man. And so Jacob is going through an identity crisis. Am I the heir or not? Will I rightfully inherit this blessing or no? I made an agreement with my older brother, but now Esau is rejecting it. He's trying to hunt me down and kill me. So Jacob gets to this place where he has the birthright, but it doesn't feel quite right. Jacob's trying to figure out, is this my doing or is God doing this? Because Jacob never heard the prophecy that was told to his mother. And so now Jacob's been running for 20 years. And even though Esau has not taken him out, the flight and the fight has worn him out. And Jacob is desperate. Esau's tracking him down running closer and closer to him. He has 400 armed soldiers. They have a mission to kill Jacob, but not only Jacob, but to kill his whole bloodline, all of his sons as well, so that there would be no rightful heir and that that birthright blessing would default back to Esau. And Jacob knows, I can't run any longer. I've got to face my enemy. And so Jacob is focused on Esau, his external enemy, but he doesn't realize God's about to deal with the inner me. And so the Bible says he was greatly distressed and afraid and he gets on the mountaintop with God and he prays that prayer. He says, Lord, if you get me out of this, I promise. I know I got a lot of saved and sanctified folks in the house, but I wonder if anybody's ever prayed that prayer. Lord, if you get me out of this one, I promise. I got one. Lord, if you ever get me out of this one, I promise. I'll be in church on Sunday. Anybody laid hands on their air conditioner? Lord, if you fix this air conditioner, I promise the offering plate won't go by me again. Lord, if you get me out of this jam, I won't mess up again. He's praying, Lord, release me from my brother. Release me from my enemy. Jacob is focused on Esau. Jacob is saying, God, strike down Esau. Deal with Esau. Get rid of Esau. Jacob thought that Esau was the issue, but while Jacob was focused on Esau, God focused on Jacob. Jacob thought that there was too much Esau in his life, but God knew there's too much Jacob in Israel's life. You'll catch that in a minute. God knows there's too much Jacob inside of Israel. Sometimes what we think is the problem is not the problem. You with me? Sometimes we say, Lord, calm the storm in the storm, and then I'll have peace. If you can just calm my storm. But God is saying, I want you to have peace in the storm. That's the reason for the storm. I remember Mary and Martha said, Lord, if you had just got here a little bit earlier, you could have healed Lazarus. And Jesus says, no, I'm not late. I'm here right on time because I don't want you to see me as a healer. I want you to see me as the resurrection and the life. I'm here right on time. God doesn't want you to see him as the one that can calm the storm. He wants you to see him as the one that can calm you. In the middle of the storm. 
And so sometimes we're saying, God, if you'll just fix this thing, if you'll just fix this thing, if you'll just get me out of this thing. And God is saying, I brought the thing to fix you. And it was an external problem that brought an internal change. It was a sibling rivalry that put a fight inside of Jacob. If he had a sister or three sisters or if he, had had, if he was an only child, he would not have had that fight in him. But he had been fighting his brother from the very beginning and it was the fight that God put inside of him that accomplished everything God wanted for his life. I want to tell you, God doesn't waste anything. The thing that he puts you in, he can can bring you out of the storm you're in. He can calm you inside of. He can empower you. He can give you, equip you for every. Somebody ought to give God a praise right there for everything He's brought you into. And I want to tell you, Esau was not the enemy of Jacob. Jacob was the enemy of Israel. Jacob was the enemy of Israel. Because like his mother, he had two nations fighting inside of him. All of us have two natures fighting inside of us. It's your flesh and your spirit. How many hear the voice of the flesh this week? Don't get up for prayer. Somebody, somebody gave me an amen. Not too loud, Victor. Don't save that amen for later. How many heard the voice of the flesh filling up gas? Man, I always get a soda at this gas station. It's the voice of the flesh. But the more you rule your flesh, the weaker that voice gets and the stronger the voice of your spirit gets. And then you're like, Jacob said, I don't care about that bowl of beans. I care about my birthright. I don't care about that bowl of beans. I care about salvation for my family. And God said that the younger shall rule the older. Which one shall rule in your life? The older nation, the older nature, or the younger nature? Your first birthday or your second birthday? Your natural birthday or your spiritual birthday? Because God said the younger shall rule the older and the older shall serve the younger. I don't know about your Bible, but I got Bibles that have a place in the opening part there that says, when were you born? And when were you born? When were you born again? I was born in, I'm not going to tell you, <laughs> but I was born again in 1991. Somebody here might say, I was born in 1950, but I was born again in 1972. Somebody might say, I was born in 1994, but I was born again in 2009. And God is saying, is the younger ruling the older? Because there's two nations fighting inside of you. Which one is ruling, the flesh or the spirit? There's a wrestling inside of each of us. And that's why on this fast, the more that you can break that flesh, the more that you can break the older and let the younger rise up in you. God says there's a prince in you. Now you have favor with God and favor with man. I wish somebody break Jacob in their life on these 21 days and say, Israel, rise up inside of me. Somebody ought to give God a praise right there. <laughs> Hallelujah. And this story is amazing to me because the first time you read it, you say, a man wrestled with God? How could a man wrestle with God? I know the outcome of this. I'm just going to skip this chapter. <laughs> How's a man going to wrestle with God? I mean, even Satan couldn't wrestle God. It said he fell from, the, the, from heaven like lightning. Somebody tell me how fast lightning is after church. I don't know. It's faster than light, I guess. This is a theophany appearance, Brian, of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. Jacob wrestles with a man whose name is a secret. Jacob actually asked him his name, but there was no reply because the time was not yet given to release the name of Jesus. To this earth. 
And so Jacob wrestles with the theophany of Jesus like the three Hebrew young men in that fiery furnace in Babylon. They saw a fourth man in the fire and they knew it to be the son of God. Do you know that Jesus shows up in the Old Testament? That that wasn't like a trick question. You know Jesus shows up in the Old Testament. This is one of the visitations of God. And he wrestles with Jacob in the middle of the night. And you say, how could a man wrestle with God? I'll tell it to you like this. It's like a father play wrestling with his sons. Yesterday, my youngest son, I got to get that out of my head. My middle son now, I'm still adjusting, forgive me. My middle son wanted to play basketball with me. Now, I... I'm getting older, but they can't beat me in basketball yet. I know they'll come a day. But I was playing with them, and, you know, I was trying to keep the score close. I think I could have beat them 10 to 0 if I wanted to, but I let them have a couple points here and there. I was trying to keep it close. I was backing them up in the paint like this and doing a... See, I didn't feel so free in the the first service, but I feel free with you guys. Is that Okay. Almost have to unbutton my jacket. I was doing a, you know, and I could have knocked him down. I could have crushed him, but I was letting him compete. I was putting enough pressure on him to compete with him, not to crush him. And Jacob wrestled with God all night until it was a draw because he put just enough pressure on him to challenge him, not to crush him. To change him, not to break him. And Jacob was wrestling to prevail over Esau, but God was wrestling to prevail over Jacob. He thought if Esau would, Jacob thought rather, if Esau would go away, everything would be fine. But God is saying, no, if Jacob goes away, everything will be fine. The angel of God could have overcome him instantly, but he put enough pressure on him not to break him, but just to change him. Do you know God allowed a certain amount of pressure on Jacob's hip not to break him, but to change the way he walked? It wasn't to break him. It was to change him. God allowed Esau to track him down, not to kill him, but to change him. Because God knew if Jacob will ever come out of him, there's a prince-level blessing on his life. There's a power with God and there's favor with man. And so at the end of that thing, the angel says, the angel of God says, fine, it's a tie. It's daybreak. I can't be seen in the light of day. Let me go. And God asks him a question and says, what is your name? And the last time he was asked this was 20 years ago. His father Isaac is blind. He calls his sons in to his deathbed to see his sons for the final time. And Jacob walks into his father's room on his deathbed and he says, Father, bless me. And Isaac says, Son, what is your name? And he lies. And he says, Father, I'm Esau. But now he's wrestled. He's grappled. He's not in position to receive a blessing from his earthly father. He's now, because of the wrestling match, he's in position to receive a blessing from his heavenly father. And now he doesn't have to put up any pretense. He bows. He can bow his knee in the presence of God and say, I am Jacob. It was a moment of transparency and honesty. I'm not deceiving anybody anymore. I don't have to put on a fake for anybody anymore because you can't bless me. God can bless me. And in that moment, he got true with God. He got right with God. He said, I'm not deceiving anybody anymore. I'm not covering anymore. If you'll get in the presence of God this day and say, I'm not putting up any pretense. I need you. I bow my knee. You are my savior. I need you. I promise you there is a blessing that flows from heaven at that moment. And the moment he said, I am Jacob, God says, you have prevailed and you have won.
Jacob was a deceiver, a liar, a cheat, and a thief. But God says that no more shall you be called Jacob after this night because you've prevailed with God and you've prevailed with man. And when light breaks through that night, you will be no more Jacob. It's in verse 28 of Genesis 32. He says, your name shall be no longer called Jacob. When this night is over, you shall never be the same. And I'll tell you, even on these 21 days, if you will overcome some things in your life, you will recognize I am no longer walking in the mistakes of Jacob. Yes, I used to be that way. Yes, I've done some things I'm not proud of, but I'm no longer Jacob. I'm walking in the anointing and the blessing of Israel. And the blessing is is now that you are not who they say you are. God says you are a new creature. Your dad might have called you deceiver, trickster, and supplanter, but God says you're no more Jacob. You are Israel. I don't care what somebody has said over you. I don't care what somebody has called you. I don't care what you have in your past. When you position yourself in the light of heaven for God to say, you are my son. It doesn't matter what's in your past. I'm no longer Jacob, but I am Israel. God says you are a prince. So I just, I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I want to say it doesn't matter what your family called you. It matters what God called you. It doesn't matter what your spouse called you. It matters what God calls you. It doesn't matter what some teacher or boss or whatever called you. If God says you are blessed, Amen. you're blessed. There's a prince inside of you. There's an anointing inside of you. There's favor on you. And now all of a sudden, he left that mountain knowing who I am. There's no longer an identity uh, crisis. I'm the second born, but God turned the order, and I'm blessed. I made some mistakes, but God forgave me, and now I'm blessed. I used to be this, but now I'm washed in the blood, and now I'm blessed. So I'm yes, I'm walking with a limp of Jacob, who I used to be, but I'm Walking into Israel. Somebody ought to get it in their spirit today. That's not who I used to, that's who I used to be, but it's not who I am. That's where I used to be. That's not where I'm going. Because God has put a new name on me. Music come, I gotta close. Last thing I want to say is wrestle until the end. Everybody say until. That's what we've been saying around here. I want you to get one of these wristbands that say, until this hour. Just remind you to pray. Just remind you to seek God until this hour. I said last week, I, I don't know what you need added to your life. But Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. I don't know if you're praying for healing, protection, provision, salvation. I don't know what you're praying for, but I know how to get it. Seek God. I, I see this, that he wrestled till the end. He, verse 26 of chapter 32, he said, let me go for the day breaks. The angel of God says, let me go. The day is breaking. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go until you bless me. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, because you've struggled with God and with man. Daybreak's come. The night fight is over. Remember, weeping may endure for a night, but let me hear the church, but <laughs> there you go. Comes in the morning. Storm clouds run out of rain, and light breaks through night. Jacob realized there was a spiritual battle, and he realized at some point, I'm face to face with God. I don't know at what point in the wrestling match he realized, but he realized I'm not wrestling flesh and blood. I am wrestling a spiritual battle. I want to remind the church today, you are in a spiritual battle. You might think it's flesh and blood, but it's a spiritual battle. You might think it's your boss, but it's a spiritual battle. You might think it's your brother, but it's a spiritual battle. And all of a sudden, in the middle of this thing, he realizes this is a spiritual battle. And he realized, and I want to tell you, on these 21 days, you can get God's attention on that fast that Cornelius, the angel, comes down and says, buddy, you got God's attention. He just sent me to knock on your door. 
How many want an angel to knock on your door? Somebody just shout your address out right now. 755. All right, I'm the only one. I'm getting all y'all's angels too. 755. Come on, somebody shout. I'm not coming to your house. 755-123-654. Send an angel. What is it? A 222. All right, there we go. Feel an anointing on 222. But he realized I've got God's attention. That's why he said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. He knew who he was wrestling. Hear this now. He knew who he was wrestling had the authority and the ability to bless him. And in that moment, he realized it's not my brother Esau that blesses me. It's not my father Isaac that blesses me. It's God that blesses me. It's not my brother. It's not dad. It's God. And the angel of the Lord says, let me go. And he says, I'm not letting go until I receive my blessing. Somebody ought to stand up today and say, I'm not letting go until God blesses me. Father, you are the one that blesses me. Nobody in this earth can stop your blessing, your favor, your anointing on my life. Somebody ought to get up and say, I'm not letting go until I get lifted out of this hell that I've been walking through. I'm not, I'm not letting go until this pain is gone. I'm not letting go until the anointing comes. I'm not letting go until I'm healed. I'm not letting go until I'm forgiven. I'm not letting go. Until you, somebody ought to shout with me today. Until you bless me, until you bless me, until you heal me, until you save me, until you break me free, until I'm delivered, until I'm set free. Stay standing with me. I'm going to do an altar call today. I'm just imagining him limping down from this mountain. I mean, that's a bad time to get your hip located on a hike. We did the Grand Canyon this year with our boys, and I'm glad I had use of both my hips. He's limping down this mountain, and God had dislocated the hip of Jacob that had power in his life. It was a sign that Jacob would never really recover the power that he had in Israel's life. What I want to say is there are some things that are still there, but they have nowhere near the same power that they used to have in your life. I want to tell you through a 21-day dedication to God, you can break free of some things that will never have the same power that it had in your life. you believe that? I'm sure there's pain. There's pain maybe on a cold, wintry day like this. It acts up a little bit. It rains. He feels the pain a little more. But guess what? It never had the power that it had in his life from that day forward. And maybe you're walking with a limp because of where you came from. But remember, I'm moving forward into the blessing of Israel. I went through a fight, but I'm moving forward. I fell, but I'm walking now. I got hurt, but I'm moving forward. I might have cried some tears that night, but God's wiping away every tear from my eye. I might have fallen, but I'm moving forward. And all through the rest of the Bible, the Bible calls Jacob and Israel interchangeably because Jacob is his background. But Israel was his future. He gets down the mountain. What I love about this, and this is that fighting spirit inside of Jacob. He does make amends with Esau, and Esau sees his, his sons and, and he sees the tribes and, 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 and all, all his sons. He sees Judah and he sees Dan. He sees all of them. And, and he, he hugs me. He says, I, I, can't, I can't hurt you. But Jacob looks at his brother and he says, Esau, I'm telling you this, and I'm paraphrasing it. It's a whole chapter. You can read it. He says, I'm telling you this. While we're apart, God is going to be between us. What he was saying is, I'm not watching my back anymore. Don't come after me again. This is my blessing. This is my birthright. He, the King James in my head, he said, let God be between 
me in thee. He was saying, God's going to watch my back, and if you try anything, you're going to have to mess with him because I'm now in position with God to receive the blessing. So I'm not running from you any longer. I am Israel. Jacob had to run from you. Israel doesn't. Jacob had to fight for the blessing. Israel's standing in the blessing. Jacob had to wrestle for the blessing. Israel owns the blessing. I'm not watching my back anymore. Don't start anything ever again. I'm not running from you. I'm standing in the blessing. I wonder if somebody would come to the altar today and just get that spirit of Jacob on them and say, Lord, I'm wrestling until that blessing is mine. I'm going to open this altar. I wonder how many would just run, would just get a spirit of fighting on them and just come to this altar right now. I'm going to pray over you. And as I pray, I wonder how many would just press in. I wonder how many would just seek God right now and just come, come to the front, come to the front, come to the front, push in, push in, push in. Jesus, we call on you right now and we just believe there's a blessing. Lord, I believe there's a name change for somebody in this house. I believe there's a new creature blessing in this house. I believe there's a born again promise in this house. I can be born again today, never to be the same again. Father, I believe right now that there are folks on this 21 days that are positioning themselves under an open heaven to receive every right and blessing of heaven in their life, God. And I believe for it right now. I wonder how many press in today. Come on, somebody step out in faith right now. As they begin to sing, just worship. Just begin to call on the Lord right now. Pray your partners, help me. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend. And don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.